I have a secret book that I read. Welcome to the Secret Podcast. Uh, I'm here today uh, as one of your hosts. My name is George Ward. I'm here with Bradley Hodges, Brett Zingler, and Cole May, who most of you probably don't know because he's only been on one of the podcasts, but he's just sort of a valuable member of the community. Uh, we've been talking about an issue that's come up a lot with, especially with newer members, but you know, also with some old members. Um, people are just asking how uh, different things were solved. People were asking, how, how was Chicago solved? Was it super complicated? Was there a bunch of stuff right in line of sight? How was it solved? So we figured we'd go through a couple of things with you. But before we get to that, I think we've got uh, maybe some updates on stuff that's going on from Bradley, because I didn't think about them. Bradley. <laughs> hey, guys. You, so my it's, a, it's the most wonderful time of the year, as you all know, and we have the Secret Santa going on. Um, logging, uh, registering for it has already taken place. Uh, if you registered, you have received your email letting you know that names have been drawn and you have a secret Santa. So please do not get coal in your stocking this year. Make sure that you send your secret Santa something wonderful. Um, if you don't know what to send them, log into your Elfster account. You will see a wish list. Hopefully they created one. If you haven't created a wish list, I highly recommend you do so. Um, and if they haven't created a wish list, you can anonymously send them a message through Elfster and just kind of ask them, hey, I want to make sure you get something awesome that you're going to enjoy. What can I send you? And if you're unsuccessful in doing so, uh, just keep in mind, they're part of a treasure hunt community. They're probably going to like something treasure hunt related, uh, probably something um, cool from your hometown or from one of the treasure cities. Um, so, you know, just keep that in mind. Definitely stay within the uh, limit, which I think this year we're doing $50. Um, that way everybody, uh, you know, feels like they didn't overspend and that they got somebody, something that's worth what they got and all that goodness. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I hope the person, well, I know the person who I got is going to absolutely love what they're getting sent. Um, I have no doubt whatsoever. Um, so I, I, I love our secret Santa time. It's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Hey, Bradley. Yo. Couple of weeks ago, you asked me, "Hey, why do you never join the um, the Secret Santa?" And I know what's going to happen is so I'm uh, I'm not, I'm terrible at gifts, and so what's going to happen is somebody's going to get me something awesome, and then I'm going to send them coal in a stocking. Why would you put coal in a stocking? I think he wants to stay in Canada. Is that why we had coal in the podcast? I, I don't I want to have coal in my stockings. I don't fit in a conventional <laughs> stocking. Just send everybody um, weed candy. Like you're in California, just send them weed candy. I am so. I don't. I don't want to sign up for that. I'm just <laughs> terrible with gifts. So, it. However, I will. I am a good receiver of gifts. So if you guys want to send me stuff, <laughs> uh, full well knowing or not expecting anything in return, I'm down with that. <laughs> And Is I'm actually cool? his uh, shipping hub, so send it to me. I'll make sure it gets to him. Why do I not trust that? Because uh, you shouldn't. Okay. 
coal in a socket. <laughs> Come coming your way. Um, um, cool. We That's also, uh, I, I actually, I've been doing a lot of studying of the images recently and of the verses, and I've actually detected something that absolutely nobody has ever mentioned before. And if anybody wants me to tell them what it is, um, post on the forum and uh, maybe I'll put it in a podcast. Whoa. Wait a minute. You can't just do that. Right. And don't do that on the forums either, guys, because that's super annoying. So if you figure something out, just share it. Don't post that you've, that you've, you've got something and uh, whether or not, yes, we want to know it. We wouldn't be in the forums if we didn't want to know about it. So don't be that guy. Of course, I was kidding. Uh, but just giving everybody an example of what not to do on the forums, please. Thank you. Okay. Well, we have a fun podcast uh, today, like uh, like George said, and we'll tee that up in a little bit. But first, I would like to um, ask you guys a quick question. In uh, and we'll start. We'll start. Uh, Cole, then Bradley, then George. I want you to sum up 2020 in one word. 2020 in one word. Um, yeah. Extravagant. Okay. That's not That's what I expected. That is, is a lot of syllables in that thing. We're <laughs> um, uh, very polite in Canada. That was very. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forgot to mention that I'm that I'm here from Canada. Yes, Cole is from Canada, and he's not going to talk down about anything. 2020 um, was a fine year. <laughs> we loved it. We loved it. It was, all, it was all about to love. Is that your Canadian accent, George? I don't know what Canadian I'm like. <laughs> I just tried to emulate Terrence and Philip. Nice. Hey, guy. Have the fun. Um, okay, uh, Bradley. Pestilence. Ooh. Pestilence? That's the first thing that comes to mind. Pestilence. Mm-hmm. It was a plague after all. You guys are like, can't you just say crappy or something like that? What is, we shouldn't have to go to a dictionary to like figure this out. Okay. George. It's a puzzle podcast. That's a puzzle True. podcast. Uh, True. So 2020 in one word. My word is, oh. I'm my Pia. That's a good word. Yeah, that's not a word. That's more of like a, that's onomatopoeia is what It's that an is. exasperation. My, we did a lot of stuff personally over here that was kind of cool for 2020. So the year sucked, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. All, all works. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, personally we've, we've been able to turn it into some wonderful things. Um, my wife and I have gotten out and um, hiked a lot. Uh, we've actually really gotten into hiking and then overnight camping, just kind of out in the middle of the woods. It's uh, pretty fun. Um, we've gotten into you know cooking uh, out uh, with you know boiling water and doing these like dehydrated meals. Which uh, be, before you you go and try these, and they're your only thing you can eat, I highly recommend you test these at home because some of them are amazing and some of them are absolutely terrible so if you're yeah so like okay so when you were a kid and you went to the science museum did you ever get like uh one of those like um astronaut ice cream sandwiches yeah it was gross yeah yeah exactly so (laughs) so they make like full meals like this like uh beef stroganoff and things like that and some of them are really good you just add boiling water wait about 10 minutes and it's amazing some of them are terrible like my wife had this curry meal the other day um and it was 
it was horrible. Could not even eat it. Um, so if you're going to do that, try them, try them at home first. So it's not the only thing you have to eat. I'd like to introduce you to the wonderful world, world of ramen. Oh, like I just, love ramen. Just take, just take ramen. Yeah, man. No, ramen is good, but you know, you want to mix it up sometimes. True, I guess. Yeah. Plus, you've got to put the ramen in a bowl where these meals come in like a aluminum bag. So you don't have like, anything to wash or anything. Mm-hmm. You just crumple up the bag when you're done, put it in your stuff, and then dispose of it whenever you're 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 back into civilization. Is this what they eat on the moon? Maybe. The moon was made of cheese. They probably just eat the cheese. Eat the moon, yeah. That's, oh, that's damn, good point. you wouldn't have to bring food. No, I just well, you'd want to bring some tortillas. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Some baguette. Mm. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, ramen brings back some college memories. That's all I ate in in uh, college. It was a very long six or seven years. I can't. Berkeley, I can't remember. Yeah, nineteen thirty-seven. What are your favorite, favorite <laughs> yeah. ramen flavors, Brett? Um, I like the, what is it? Spicy chicken. Yeah. It has little cubes of freeze dried chicken in it. And then, um, you put Tabasco in it. Nice. And oh, yeah. That's when you're feeling naughty and fancy. If you're one of the rich kids, you get bullying cubes. And yes. Like <laughs> Those guys. Friggin' frat, frat guys. I've, uh, I always wanted to try the, uh, shrimp, but I've never, um, don't do it. The The problem with it, it's like drinking a heart attack because it's oh, okay. basically all sodium. It's like, it looks like shrimp, but it's like shrimp shaped salt is what it is. Mm. But, hey, um, down, in, down in America, do you guys have shrimp chips? I've had them before, but we it's not a common thing here. No, they're pretty common up here, but they're also quite awful. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like pork rinds, but shrimp. But flavor. yeah, with the attempt of, of making it taste like shrimp. Yeah, Cole, I, I don't know if you knew it or not, but you're you're also in America. Well, we're according to Ramstein, we're all in America. <laughs> the Canadians don't like to claim it, you know. No, <laughs> they'd rather just. <laughs> we're not a part of that down there. No part of it whatsoever. <laughs> Whatever they're doing, <laughs> it's not extravagant enough. Yeah, y'all can have America. You're just happy being the uh, hat of the United States. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I, there, there were some, there were some bad. Like, I had a couple of losses this year. I'm not going to lie. Of of people and pets. Um, and I, but but overall, I have to say, like, we made it through okay. I know there's a lot of people out there struggling, um, and they have it, you know, way worse than than any of us, and they're sick and things like that. So I'm just looking forward to this year being over. So hopefully, this is the last podcast of the year or, or maybe we'll have one towards the year's end we'll see and um looking forward to 2021 oh absolutely tell you guys that um okay what's next is it trivia time sure sure why not okay so i'm going to test out this is this is you know we are a low budget podcast as you guys know we got billions of dollars i don't know what you're talking about bro. we're, we're <laughs> a zero budget podcast okay i'm a low budget and low technology person so i'm going to try out um my intro for this trivia segment you ready do it it's the secret podcast trivia segment 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 <laughs> whoa what do you think? Some awesome effects. Wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Try this, okay. try this. 
It's time for the secret podcast trivia segment. Segment, 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 segment. That was beautiful. Shit. You can do this one. Uh, what is the, what's the name of this, by the way? Um, it's time for the secret trivia, 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 trivia. Nice. Are you guys excited? Uh, yeah, I am now. I'm nervous. Okay. You should feel my nipples. You should be nervous. So we had our good friend and podcast contributor and all around amazing secret expert and historian, Christopher genius. Preacher, genius, um, put together a couple of questions. They're like secret trivia questions. Um, we did this before, but it was called, did Byron say it or did he not say it? And I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't do a very good job at that. So I trust Chris a lot more. Um, so you guys ready? Here is our first question. Image 12 is often thought to be the Russia image, but according to the passage to the new world section of the book, the geographic possibilities are much wider. What other region is not explicitly listed as an equally likely alternative to Russia? Okay, I'm going to read you four answers. So I'm giving you one, and you can select one of the answers. Um, okay, ready? A, Poland. B, Romania. C, Tartary. Not going to lie, never heard of that. Uh, D, Hungary. Uh, I don't have the Ro book in front of me, so I'm Romania. just going to go with Hungary. Okay, so uh, okay, so George says, "What did you say, George?" Romania. Okay, I don't remember that one at all. Okay, and then Bradley said, uh, "I'm going to go with Hungary. I don't have the book in front of me yet, so I'm just I'm just throwing one out there." Okay, uh, and then Cole. I said Poland. Oh, Poland. Okay, sorry. Okay. The answer is B. So George got it right. Woo! I remember it was. I remember Hungary was there. Uh, uh, oh, thanks uh, for the help, man. The answer is Romania. <laughs> B Romania. Look at the map on page ten, and in fact, the knowledge we have about the general location of that cask does not limit us to the boroughs of New York City. It could be the Tartary cask in New Jersey. Oh, is what Chris is, is saying. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have, uh, one for George and zeros for the other dudes. Well, this is not like Jeopardy. This is not negative. And yeah. in fact, you guys all owe me and Chris money right now. So don't get too in the hole here. If you know, okay. True or false. Byron price is the author of The Secret. False. False. It's false. You guys suck. Okay, but here's why. Uh, you probably all know, but the book itself lists only Sean Kelly and Ted Mann as authors. 
It was developed and edited by Byron Price. His name does not appear on the cover. No one's does. And his name is listed along with everyone else's on the binding. Unless you spent time conversing with community members or reading Q4T, you'd never know that Price conceived of this project, actually. Constructed the puzzles, buried the casks, and actually wrote the most important parts of the book. Or if you've seen an episode of EU. Yeah. Yeah. Or read an article in 1982. Or that. Uh, but we certainly know a lot more post-internet about what he did, because he didn't reveal all of that, right? <clears throat> okay, so uh, George is up two, or has two points. Bradley and Cole, one each. So this is to tie it up, guys, and this is the final one. Okay. True or false? Price's goal with The Secret was to imbue readers with a greater appreciation of local history, motivate them to enjoy the great outdoors, and bring people together in a larger community. False. True. I'm going to go with false as well, because it was a... Uh... Uh, his goal was to, uh, oh, what was the, uh, the, the, the quotation, something about creating a new world or something to that effect. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I think it's goals to make money. Oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, that, there's that as well. Uh, uh, but right. If we're talking like philanthropic type pursuits, he definitely like wanted to create a cool new world and new creatures and do that. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, he's a, you know, publisher. He wants to. He wants to make some money. Um, it. It. That's. That is correct. It is as a businessman doing business things. He's doing biz, busy businessman things. So. Uh, so it is false. Uh, he never said any of that. Uh, and uh, his goal was almost certainly to turn a profit and move on to the next big thing. And so that would be a clean sweep by our friend George. Yay! I'm smart. Nerd. I'm smart. He had 12 treasures up. I saw his desktop. <laughs> yeah. That's totally what it was. Um, and that's it. That's it for this segment of trivia. Trivia. Trivia, 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 trivia. Okay. That's it. What now? The solves. I will tee this up real quick as to where... This sort of, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time, but, you know, basically the reason why we wanted to cover it now on the on the podcast is that uh, Cole and I were uh, commenting back and forth on something, some Facebook post and um, talking about like similarities and differences and what do we know about the solves and what do we not know? And and uh, and and then I think that weekend I sat down to do a Sudoku puzzle. And I am terrible with number. I'm like, I'm okay with like word puzzles and crosswords and stuff like that, but I'm terrible with uh, anything number related basically, right? Uh, which would explain my seven years of ramen eating in, in college. <laughs> uh, so like, but it got me thinking, I'm like, cool, I can Google how to, how to do Sudoku and I could probably even like, there's probably answers there even, right? Like if I needed some help with it. And um, it got me thinking about the secret and why it's so difficult 
uh, or one of the reasons why it's so difficult is that there's no like foundation or framework that we can draw from. Like I can't Google, um, here's exactly how to do the secret. Uh, here's some instructions. You'll get good at it as you, as you do it for a while. You know, right. And I'm not going to sit down with a Sudoku puzzle, by the way, and start putting in X's and O's or putting letters in there because I already know that that's not how you do a Sudoku puzzle. So it, it got me thinking. And then I started talking to you guys and Cole about like, what if we could find some sort of framework for this thing? What if we could look at the couple of solves that we know, you know, and I'm taking, uh, if you guys agree, I'm taking Boston out of the equation, just there's a, it's a bit of a wild card, uh, sort of controversial, right? For now. Um, but can we take Chicago and Cleveland and can we, uh, can, can we figure out, I, I know there's no 100% answer on how exactly these were solved, but like by sort of accumulating and doing some research, could we put together, uh, some, some sort of, uh, you know, some, some steps that the solve took and then could we compare those two, uh, and what can we draw from comparing those two? Can we build even a, a, a modest framework for how you might approach the rest of the puzzles, uh, could we even use it to, to help solve Boston or come up with like a definitive answer for Boston, right? So um, so we all thought that that would be kind of a fun thing to talk about. And uh, I, will, I will, of course, turn it over to you guys to, to, to get us kickstarted on this thing. But let's maybe talk about Chicago and start talking about, you know, what, what we know. So what do, what do we want to start with with Chicago? Do we want to start with the verse or we're going to start with the image? Because I'd imagine we should start with the image, right? Because most yeah. people, once they get into this puzzle, yeah. that's what they gravitate towards. Absolutely. Everybody grabs their magnifying glass. They look at these images and that's all they do. Like every, everybody seems to think that that um, these images will give you like a precise, you know, one by one dig spot location where that was absolutely not the case in Chicago. It was absolutely not the case in Cleveland. Um, the, the, the images didn't, they, they helped, they helped get you there. Uh, but they didn't, they didn't give you the dig spot. The first of that. So in Chicago, Chicago was really, really super easy. It was, it was really, really cut and dry. There was a, a lot of one-to-one -one image matches in Chicago. Um, and they were, they were in things that were in the verse as well. Uh, we had a big major monument in Chicago. We had, uh, the Chicago water tower, um, what that's what uh what rob saw first what he when he realized it was chicago he saw the water tower and he was like that's chicago the fountain ferry we had the fountain mm -hmm. fairies uh that was yeah the fountain of the great lake um we had the bowman which was a pretty major monument in chicago um we had uh defense the fence and the fixture, which you wouldn't know about until you were at the dig spot. Well, let me challenge that. Since we're we're wanting to stay strictly to facts, we know the fence is there. We don't know if the fixture okay. is is what is in the painting or not. We we really don't That's know fair. what fixture is. Chicago was kind of cut and dry when it came to the image. True. Um, and and it seemed like the image and the verse sort of they really complemented each other really well, right? Um. One of one of Robin and and Eric's things when when they first solved Chicago, one of the errors that was eventually found out to be an error in their solve was they thought that the Bowman statue was was M and B. Let me let me just I'll read the verse to you real quick so you know what we're talking about. The verse for Chicago is where M and B are set in stone, 
and to Congress are is known. Else it's left beyond his shoulder is the fair folks treasure holder. The end of 10 by 13 is your clue. Fence and fixture central to for finding the jewel cask. Seek the sounds of rumble brush and music hush. So that's your verse, right? Um, uh, Rob and Eric saw the Bowman in the painting, assumed the Bowman was M and B because man and beast and sort of went from there. We know with the Japanese hints that M and B are supposed to be composers or musicians of some sort. Um, and we've come to find out that M and B is Mozart and Beethoven, which is on Chicago symphony, just above the door. It's Mozart, Beethoven and Bach. You can choose one of the B's if you want. And what's interesting is if you're standing there looking at those M and B's and you turn around behind you, you see the fairy and the fountain. It's literally line of sight directly behind you. So, you know, because you see this thing that's in the painting, you see this thing that's in the verse, you're at the right starting point. You follow the verse from that. It says, and to Congress, R is known. You know that you're supposed to be going down Congress Parkway. As you're walking down Congress Parkway, you see the Bowman. That's also in the image. So it complements itself. Yeah. Once you get to the Bowman, you're looking for else it's left. You can see there's a sitting Lincoln monument. The monument's literally called sitting Lincoln. It's Lincoln sitting on, um, on, on a chair or whatever else it's left. So, you know, that's L beyond his shoulder is the fair folks treasure holder. So you go beyond his shoulder and the end of 10 by 13, there's only one thing down there that could be the end of 10 by 13. It's a row of 10 and a row of 13 trees. The end of 10 by 13 is your clue. Go to the end of those to look for the clue fence and fixture. You see the fence in the painting, you know, you're at the right spot. Boom. Dead easy. You know, finding the act, the exact dig site from that, a little bit tricky. Uh, it's been 30 years, what, 40 years. Uh, Rob and Eric don't even remember exactly where it was. They've guessed. Uh, if you look at their their interview from 1983, it's, you know, they're in one side of the one side of that area a couple of years ago with uh, James Renner's interview. They were in a different spot than on Expedition Unknown. They were in a different spot. It's been a long time, so they don't remember exactly where you need to dig. Um but getting to that spot was pretty cut and dry with Chicago. So what about uh, the idea that 10 by 13 may have been uh, feet that you had to mark off as an intersection? I believe uh, that came from uh, Brian um, and um, Andy when they talked to um, Byron in New York. He's uh, in casual conversation, I think, uh, they mentioned that Byron said that he thought it may have been 10 by 13 feet. What do we think about that? I mean, I don't know. All I know is there's 10 by 13 yeah. trees or at least there were. Um, that's like a, it's a, I guess it's an unknown. Maybe it's one, maybe it's the other, but, but what at the end of 10 by 13 is your clue. You're sitting at L you need a way to get to the fence post, right? The 10 by 13 is the step you need to take in between L and the fence, mm -hmm. right? So it's got to be something physical. It can't be like L sits left and beyond his shoulder is the fair folks treasure holder. You just go down there and, and mark 10 by 13. What? You see what I'm saying? I mean, I guess you could do 10 by 13 feet from the fence post and the fixture. I don't know. It's an unknown. And and actually in 2018, uh, Eric, one of the, one of the group, you know, with Rob and, uh, and, and their team that, uh, that solved this one, 
said that this is that that point, that 10 by 13 point was where things fell apart for him. Um, and in fact, he said, this is this is where things fell apart since counting out trees didn't add up. And the next line caused uh, him to focus actually on the wrong area. Uh, uh, and at that point, he was only about, however, he was only about 20 feet away from the final spot, he said. Um, and he had veered off a literal interpretation, which led him to the statue. And then he thought the fence was the spot. So that 10 to 10 by 13 piece is sort of threw him off and, and is also up for definitely all this time after still up for debate. Right. Yeah. But I mean, going by going from the verse right now, it should be something physical. Like the verse hasn't had you guess to do anything, right? The verse has been, everything has been very physical. Everything's been very descriptive and simple. Right. M and B stone, Mozart and Beethoven are set in stone. Uh, Congress Parkway, Lincoln, um, fence post. It, it's all been very, very, very visual and very. Uh, let me ask you a question then. So did anything in the image uh, besides the fence, I guess there's a fence and fixture fixture in the image, right? At least the fence. At least the fence, right? Did anything in the image point them specifically? And I think this is the point you guys are trying to make. Point them specifically to the, oh, this is the spot. Uh, besides kind of give them more general clues about, oh, this must be in Chicago. Well, um, everything in this image, no, you, everything in this image, if you were for, from Chicago, you would have probably known about, you would have probably known about the water tower. You would have probably known about the fountain. You would have probably, known, you may, may have known about the fountain, but none of it would have made sense unless you followed the verse. And the verse called out basically those important things. Um, so I, I see what you're getting at. It, is there a way to take this image by itself and know where to dig? No. Right. And I think the same thing can be said and vice versa. Um, so you have the verse. You may have been able to figure out with just the verse the area. Um, but having the image in that, that, that fence being in the image is what solidifies that you're in the right spot once you get to the end of the verse. So yeah. you obviously need them in tandem, um, but neither of them is going to get you there by themselves, by any stretch of the imagination. So there's something that you will notice in the image that when you get to the right spot, it's holy there. crap, I saw that in the image. I feel like I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the right area. Right. Or at least something along the way, you know, there's, there's gotta be something that's self-referential in these to, to tell you you're on the right spot. So, yeah. So for um, Chicago and Cleveland, and I don't want to jump ahead, but for Chicago and Cleveland, we both, once you're there, and if you're looking at the image and you're looking at where you're standing, you know, you're there. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's kind of the point and kind of where we're trying to go with this whole discussion is, um, it, uh, that you can't, you can't just take the image and go, Oh my God, this has got to be Albuquerque because it's got that thing in it. Right. It's, um, the, the image is going to tell you generally, right. Give you some clues to the to the state, the city. It's got the latitude and longitude, some of them. Right. Yeah. But you have to combine it with the verse. 
to, to even get anywhere close. Well, the thing about Chicago, Cleveland, uh, since we're talking about them specifically, they've got a lot more in them that tell you the city they've got, you've, you've got the water tower, right? But it's also a windmill and what Chicago known as the windy, windy city. city. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that you would think to yourself, that's kind of stretchy, but we've seen the two sketches for Chicago. We've seen the two previous sketches, right? And we know in one sketch that windmill was a boat sail. And we know in the second sketch that windmill was a windmill, but there was also a wind stock. So we know that wind was important to this painting. So we know he is literally trying to tell you windy city with that. Right. So there's a lot of things that should work in tandem to give you the city. There's a lot of things that should work in tandem to tell you you're on the right track. Um, but they're all very obvious. It's very obvious what they are in relation to Chicago, at least. Does that make sense? Holy shit. Yeah. So here's an idea. Uh, just uh, it, it, you don't have to keep this in podcast if you don't want to. That's fine. But. This just an idea of basically what you just said. It just kind of dinged. And so in the Wizard of Oz, the scarecrow doesn't know which way to go. And he points in both directions. And in, because he's lost, he's like, I don't know, this way, that way. And in the Roanoke image, the scarecrow's pretty much pointing in both directions for the, maybe he's lost. Maybe it's the lost colony. Just throwing that out there. Go ahead. Hey, hey, yeah, no, that makes sense. We have a potential discovery on our hands here, live, a live discovery. Okay, yeah, can I interject nonsense, for a moment? But... Yes, and I was going to say, Cole, you can jump in at any time. You, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely, anytime. So, yeah, I just want to. Okay, hey, so... hold on, Cole, one second. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go for it. I know, I know, I know. It's okay. Okay, so. I think we need to sit back a second and look at what we just did. All right. Like we just pieced apart the image and the verse together and figured out why they work in tandem, right? The, the, the fence is in the verse, it's in the image, uh, you know, Congress and all that kind of stuff. And I think like, that's the point of what we were trying to do here today was we're trying to figure out how to solve them essentially. Right. And so I like, the questions need to be asked what we just parsed out, right? So we have things like, you know, like the Bowman, uh, the water tower and the ferry, you know, these are things that are tangibly out there in real life, right? And I think it's important to find those in all of them, right? Like I think all the pictures, at least, like all the images at least have things in them that are, um, you know, in real life things, Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think like it's like it's important to look at what we just did because it's, you know, we're trying to find ways to find the proper information, because I think that's one of the biggest questions people new people have is how do I like where do I start? How do I play this game? Right. And in order to tell them that we need to sit down and parse, well, how did the people that have done this the right way? You know, how did they get that information? You know, like I would argue that. You know, given like we know Byron thought that this would be solved or, or I think he was quoted once as saying that it would have been done in, a, in like a couple of years kind of thing. And I think that he thought that because he like he thought people from Chicago would solve Chicago and people from Cleveland would solve Cleveland and so on and so forth. Right. Like the people that lived in the towns of the puzzles were going to be the ones that solved it 
the quickest. And that's why he could put things like the water tower in Chicago, because somebody there knew that's what it was, right? Like that's the Chicago water tower. And, you know, the columns in Cleveland, like those guys saw that. And, you know, um, so I think like, if you can look at each image and, and figure out like some of them are really, really difficult to see, like in uh, St. Augustine, for instance, is probably one of the only ones that, you know, is, is probably the hardest one to see things that may or may not be a real life thing, right? Like you look at certain images like Boston and like a bird's a bird, you know what I mean? A falcon is a falcon. It didn't matter really what that bird was in Boston. Uh, you know, the, the actual box that she's holding in that image, you know, might just be representative of the cask, you know, but those flags are real life flags, right? Like you'll see them in the real world somewhere. So you know, learning how to dis discern between what's art and what's real life stuff, I think is a, is a really good first step if for, uh, for analyzing images. And piggybacking off of that, one of the pitfalls that I see, especially new members go, go through is nothing in the, in the Chicago song required your knowledge to go past what the words in front of you. Uh, where it and be are set in stone, you, that's Mozart and Beethoven. You don't need to know anything about Mozart and Beethoven. It's two, two words set in stone. And to Congress, R is known. You don't have to know anything about Congress. You just have to know Congress Parkway. Um, the end of 10 by 13 is your clue. I mean, arguably, that requires no math. It's descriptive. It's it's self-descriptive. You You don't have to know history. You don't have to know local history. There's no obscure knowledge. You don't have to dive into a book for any of this. It's all literally right there in front of you. But it's obscure because it only fits one place, right? If you're not in that one place, the verse doesn't make sense. Once you're in that place, the verse makes perfect sense. Right. Um, and it's interesting. So I was reading through what, uh, again, I'm referring back to what <clears throat> in 2018, Eric writing about what he could remember. What is that? 40 years, 30, 40 years later, 40 years later, right? Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. 83 to 2018, something to that effect. I told you I'm bad with numbers, but like, uh, so he's remembering back and he's writing it out. And basically like the way that he said that they, stumbled onto this and they literally, I mean, he basically, as he writes this, he's saying that we stumbled into this, um, is that one, one of their friends bought a, bought the book. Um, they started asking some family friends about statues in, in downtown Chicago. Um, Eric bought a map. Uh, he noticed that uh, the, uh, of downtown Chicago and noticed that con Congress ran right between the statues. He was talking to a buddy of his about this, whose father was over, uh, uh, who overheard the conversation and said, Hey, there's a railroad that runs uh, right there, right? Because he worked for the railroad, I believe, or, or, or knew somebody that worked for the railroad. So then he takes a train to the city and he's standing down there. Um, and then he sees Lincoln and like, so like back to your point, George, you're better off knowing your environs be, be the best at knowing the stuff in the, in the city around you rather than, rather than trying to understand history and, and all of these obscure subjects, you're, you're better off having an uncle that worked for the railroad, 
You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. Everyone that's been solved so far has been solved by somebody who lived. Well, no, that's a lie. No, not Cleveland. That is a, that is a yeah. big fat lie. Um, but two of the three that have been found so far have been found by somebody who lived in, in that area. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, right. there's, a, there's a huge advantage. Um, and going back to what Cole was saying earlier about that advantage. Uh, so when we were in San Francisco, uh, Matt, uh, Matthew Sparks was talking about his solve and uh, he made mention of the Rose and Angel Island. And I was like, I don't, I don't get the connection, but what does the Rose have anything to do with Angel Island? And then he pointed out to me, I was like, holy crap. How did you, he lives there. He, 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 he sees these things on the daily. He, he knows what's what. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's a huge advantage to you. You're saying that it looks, that it looks like from above, that it looks like Angel yeah. Island. Is that what yeah. he, yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it also looks, uh, well, anyway, I <laughs> forget it. I won't go, I won't go down that path. We're trying to figure out the framework. Sorry guys, right. let's get to the point. But um, that is exactly it. And the thing that sucks a bit about this, and I'm not going to say it's like ruins, it's ruined forever or something is things have changed, right? Well, not really in Chicago, like in Chicago, you could walk this inside reverse still and, and it still makes sense. Uh, and, and, but what I'm saying is that maybe, maybe things have changed in the, I mean, maybe it, so either that one was the easiest one. I'm just again, yeah. speculating here. Maybe that was the easiest one and it happened to be um, doable by some, some dudes that had an uncle and a, and a book and a map and like stumbled into downtown Chicago and went, wow, look at this. Um, whereas maybe the landscape has changed slightly for the other ones or I don't know. I don't know. And I know there's a bit of luck to all this too, right? Because uh, uh, with the Chicago one, didn't they have to throw a shovel at the side of the hole that they dug? Weren't yeah, they kind of giving up and frustrated? Even after they had the the photo from Byron and they dug their hole, um, the huge hole, yeah. they had still hadn't found it. They gave up. And from what I understand, their story was they threw their spade into the hole and a sliver of dirt literally just fell off the side of where the cask was. Damn. I mean, so, they had- can you imagine that moment? That's what I love about the first two solutions. They were both solved out of frustration right yeah. before the people were about to leave. <laughs> yeah. Right before they were about to go. Exactly. Like uh and and those guys in Chicago had a picture of the spot. Yeah. Now it may have just been a picture of a, a patch of grass. I don't know. I, I don't know what the picture was. I don't I don't recall. But you know, my point is like they had they got a picture. Um and they still almost missed it. You know, so like um so things change is what, what I'm saying. And that even if they don't change, they're still, even if you know where exactly where it's at, it's still, it's still going to be hard. But anyway, we all know that already, but um, I just, I find that, I find that piece fascinating. So, so what do we know so far? Let's recap, right? We know that the image can only get you to, to, it can give you some city clues. It can give you some state clues. It can, you know, uh, I think there's word there, there's rebuses and things like that. The, the Boston pops, Right. There's there's the Milwaukee Rebus with the Milwaukee. Right. So there's some wordplay. Well, see, and that's what I was talking about earlier, where you need to learn like how to discern. Like I'm going to use Chicago again, because like we say, it's probably the easiest of the solves. I mean, next to Cleveland, if you're there. But like 
you have these the tower and the bowman and that, but then you also have like the um I heard speculation that the earring, the one earring is the Chicago Bulls logo. You know what I mean? And then there's the uh, the one earring is is actually on a balcony. The symbol for uh, that's in that earring is on a balcony somewhere there. So I guess that would that would count as a real world thing. But like I kind of I look at them as so you have monuments and buildings or what I call real world things, and then you have like icons and stuff like that. And I believe Matt Sparks actually touched on this on the old uh, Cleveland podcast, like the the very first one that you guys did. And, you know, he mentions what he called the icon to treasure idea. And, and I don't know enough about that theory to, to say anything about it. But I think like it's it, when you learn the way that these guys solved it and when you finally see where the treasure came from, you know, like in the Cleveland image, you're standing like if you're just looking at that picture, you're at the gardens looking at the wall. And on the other side of that wall is the treasure, right? So, you know, in Chicago, the fence piece, you know, is arguably the most important part of the image because it's right there when, and you find that when you get to the dig spot, right? But, you know, things like the Chicago Bulls logo or, you know, the flower that's on the wall in Cleveland or the centaur, right? Which is, you know, denotes the Greek garden kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um you know, those are different types of information. And once you figure that out and you know what, how to kind of separate stuff out, you know, I think you're at a better, um, you have a better chance then rather than just saying like relying strictly on image or strictly on verse, you know, like that's a step. I think it's one of the earlier steps is that you have to discern those pieces of information out and then figure it out. Cause that's how you kind of get to the city in, in a sense with just the image. Right. There's a couple of other points that should be made because people have asked about, about Chicago. So here's two things. Um, distance. How far is the first clue from the last clue in Chicago? If you were to start at MNB and end at that fence post, it's less than a half a mile. If you were to walk the whole thing, less mm -hmm. than a half a mile. Mm -hmm. The water tower is 1.3 miles away from the fence post. But that's, that's not true. part of the... It's not really part of the path. It's not right. really part of the they have you go down right um half a mile it's it's like two city blocks the reason it's a half a mile is because you go down two city blocks you go over you go back up it's but that's what it is um if you're standing at the fence post you can basically see the start of the verse from there so it's not a, a huge distance there's no real travel Guys, guys, do we just want to jump back into this or do, do we want to let everybody know that we it's should been tell people because it's basically audio. Okay. Yeah, there okay. Be audio so differences. we, you know, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty and, and we started recording the first step, first part of this episode, probably about just about a month ago. Right. Then we had a little break and now we're back. So, hey. Hey, yeah, so you might have heard in the uh, beginning of this podcast me getting all excited about Secret Santa and how everybody should uh, make sure to participate and send their gifts. Um, but now that it's been about a month later, uh, I think they're due tomorrow. Um, so uh, by the time you hear this, they probably would have been due a couple of days ago. So I hope uh, everybody got their gifts sent out on time and I hope everybody got something awesome. Uh, there is a post on the Facebook page where everybody's kind of sharing what they received. Um, if they feel inclined to do so. So please do. Um, that's part of the fun is celebrating with everybody uh, what they received and all the awesomeness. Uh, we've seen some pretty cool, genuine gifts so far. So thanks to everybody that's participated. Somebody made a key out of felt for me. 
was pretty cool. Like a cast key. Like now, now that I say it, like out of my mouth, it sounds lame, but it was really cool. <laughs> did, it, did, it, did it have wire in it? Did it have what? Wire in it? No, no, it's just felt, but it was really detailed. It was nice. Was it heartfelt? It was not heartfelt. It was soft. It was, I don't, what? It was a heartfelt gift. Oh, gotcha. All right, mm. gotcha. My bad. Is that how yeah. this is starting? Bradley yeah, that's already. how this is starting. Yeah. Oh my god, the dad these are Bradley jokes. jokes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was a month long uh, technology problem fixing period break. So that's yeah. why our voices probably sound different. They probably sound a lot better, don't you guys think? We're, like we're professional. Really good. Yeah, we sound really good right now. Um, so uh, uh, so we got through that. Where we left off, I believe we were wrapping up. You guys will have to remind me. We were wrapping up. Chicago, Chicago and we were getting into Cleveland, but we didn't quite like we had a problem. Yeah, yeah. We didn't quite get there. So I think the best way to start, if you guys agree, is we can have Cole uh walk us back through what we know, the facts about <laughs> the Cleveland uh cask find, right? And then we can start talking about similarities and differences, and then maybe if we have some time, we can we can go to Bed Bath and Beyond. I mean, we yes, can talk. We, we can talk. They're great sales on the Christmas stuff. <laughs> um, how does that sound? That cool. sounds tasty, cool. Brett. And then <laughs> some exciting news happened during this couple, uh, actually a couple of days ago that we're going to talk about at the end. Did so, somebody find a cask? No. Somebody found something far more monetarily valuable than a cask. That's true. Yeah, they actually. I don't know why people look for these things. Yeah, what are we doing? Should we yeah, be not just somebody, um, a person that um, is, is pretty awesome in my book. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Um, okay. So we'll get to that later on though. Yeah. So Cole, what do we know about Cleveland, man? Well, we know that it was basically found with Google. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. So let's move on to Boston. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've covered Cleveland. Don't do that to us, Cole. Come on. Okay, so I'm going to give it to you in two parts. Um, I'm going to talk about things in the image. Actually, so I guess I'm going to talk to you about it in four parts is how we're going to kind of discuss it because I'm going to split up the image and the verse in two categories. Okay, and those categories are uh, things that mean or symbolize things and things that are actual real-world things. Okay, and And we'll start with the image. We'll start with the image because that's where everybody starts with these book with these puzzles um, in this book. And so as far as like things that are actually things that they would have had to have found and used uh, to find the cask in the image, um, it are like the, the walls and the call or the wall and the columns. Like the, the interesting thing about these puzzles that I'm finding is that if you're at the spot and you look at the image, you're going to see the spot in the image, right? And and like Cleveland is the most obvious of of those um, of the ones found that fit under that kind of um, category, because if you're standing between those columns or just you know this side of the columns looking at the wall, you know you're looking at pretty much the the image, right? Um, so the wall and columns are 
what I consider things that are things, right? Um, the tree tower, or what was it called, Bradley? Sorry, the Tower of Trees, the building that's in the trees. I, I, the was, I was totally pulling your leg on that. It's, it's, it is called the Trouble Tower. Yeah, no, nobody calls it the Tower of Trees. I was just kind of giving you a hard time. Then it is the terminal. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Brad. <laughs> Bad joke number two. Okay, so then, oh uh, of course, the uh, outlaw or outline of of Ohio, right, with the two major highways in it. That it, you know, that's another one of those things that is a thing that's actually there in real world. And then, as far as things that you know are just symbols or mean something completely different. Um, you know, we have things like um, we've speculated that the triangle is a symbol in geometry and that would lead you to the Greek uh, immigration reference. Um, the Litany of the Jewels gives us the, the jewel itself, the aquamarine and the Hellas people, which were Greek people. Um, they were that's a Greek culture. Um, we have as well the, the L with the bell sitting next to it at the bottom of the image. And uh, we said before that that is a symbol of the, makes you think of the Liberty Bell, which would be uh, symbolic of Liberty Avenue, which is, uh, of course, the road that those gardens is found upon. Um, Used to be. The, yeah, that road name has since changed, but it was originally Liberty. Oh, I said, okay, sorry, my, my mistake. Um, that's my Canadian um, ignorance towards American geography, I guess. And then, of course, we have the reversed latitude and longitude on the hearth uh, in in the image. I've also said, too, before that the, uh, the centaur is a symbol of Greek mythology, and so uh, that would also lend credence to the immigration reference. Um, now, whether or not they actually found an immigration reference and used that as a way to solve their puzzle, I think is a completely different conversation than what yeah. we're doing here. Like what I'm showing you here is just what we know to be true, <laughs> given the things we found in the image and in, you know, when we move on to the verse, the verses as well. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. we're not spec, uh, we're doing our best to not speculate and put words into the finders mouths, right? We're going to do like going from what we've heard and what we've read and, and what they've told us is, is facts. Good. Yeah. And talking about things that are in the image that are on site also, they, there's a little fountain um, along the wall at the bottom of the Italian gardens. And uh, that fountain is also in the image. Um, so that's there as well. Did you say there was a building in there? Yeah. The terminal tower. It's, it's in downtown Cleveland. It's upside down in the trees. Okay. Now, I want to just, if you don't mind, I want to just say one thing about this because as a rookie looking at these things, you know, you don't really know what it is you're supposed to be looking for at first. And this is why I think it's important to categorize things as symbols or, you know, uh, representations of actual things that are there, right? Because if you saw an image that had a building in it that looked really specific, but you couldn't figure out what it was, chances are it's an actual building somewhere, right? The Chicago water tower, you know, in that picture, it fits really well as a piece of a strange little castle, but it's of the pieces in there of building, it's the most unique um, compared to the rest, right? Like those other towers in Chicago look like just castle towers, right? Like just normal, regular castle towers. And the water tower is is quite a bit different. Um, and so, you know, when you're looking for things to look for and you want to find things that, that might be real world items, 
you kind of have to think like like that right that that he wouldn't just put the representation of a building there for the sake of putting it there if if you can identify a building that fits that representation you know then that's it's got to be important right yeah, and I think uh, kind of what we talked uh, touched on um, earlier when we talked about Chicago as well is if you're local, you definitely have the advantage. Um, for instance, uh, you know that's that's how Rob and company uh, figured out the water tower. You know they're local; they saw it and they're like, "Holy crap, this is Chicago! What else can we find?" Um, if you're from Cleveland and you were into that image, you most likely would have recognized that. Uh, terminal tower and uh said holy crap this is in my hometown what else can i find and you know going from there um so you know that's that's definitely definitely uh an advantage to be from where one of them is hidden well and even if you were from like canton ohio uh you could do the same just knowing the the, the shape of ohio right like seeing that in there you'd know at least it was in that state yep. because you too are also in that state true yeah that is one of the more obvious uh, state outlines yeah, definitely. Um, did you you mentioned the fountain, right? The um, not the fountain at the uh, Italian gardens, but the fountain, the big bowl fountain that's in the image as well in front of the centaur. Okay, cool. No, no, we didn't. Well, oh, I mentioned that it's there. I didn't go into any detail yeah. on it. I, okay. so I, there. I assume that was just the the fountain itself, like the Italian gardens fountain. Well, the- the bowl Bradley's talking about is what it's in between the Greek and the, and the Italian gardens, right? It's up on the Hill in between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a whole lot of stuff in this image, probably more than in any other image. That's just right there. And we know Alan Carr, he didn't come up with this spot, but this was his hometown. This was where he lived. So it was super easy for him to just swing by the park and take a bunch of references. He knew it. He knew the park really well. So he was able to pick out what he wanted to paint and put, exactly what he wanted in the image so this is really really like image heavy for the location did you say uh john did not pick out that spot i I was under the impression that's the one spot he did pick i don't think he picked it out i i don't i don't i don't know i don't know uh maybe i know he was with byron when he was there to dig he might have picked it out but i'm not sure i don't that's not really a question i've ever asked him maybe we'll get the chance to yeah maybe um but it fits. It fits with the the puzzle, and you know, it's the Greek cultural gardens. There's, you know, there's not really many other places in Cleveland you could bury it. Maybe it did. Who knows? So that's interesting. Uh, now, it wasn't just this. Even though they knew where it was, they still couldn't really find it, right? Right. And we heard the story about that in, in a previous podcast where they read. I don't know. They read the instructions wrong or who, who knows what? No, I mean, they, they followed the verse correctly, but I, I, I mean, I personally, I don't know this for a fact, but I personally think they left off the last instruction. I mean, the verse tells you, uh, so let, let's go through the verse real quick. Since we're talking about the verse, the verse says, um, beneath two countries as the road curves in a rectangular plot beneath the 10th stone from right to left beneath the ninth stone from the top of the wall, including small bricks, Seven steps, seven steps up. You can hop from the bottom level. Socrates Pandora Pellies, free speech couplet birch to find the cask's destination. Seek the columns for the search. Can I interrupt so what real they, quick? Yes. Yes. You're going to have some editing to do because it's Socrates and not Socrates. Socrates, you got. Dude, have you not seen um, any counter reasonably? You got it from Bill and Ted's. Whatever. It's Socrates now. 
it's Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. So anyway, just saying, in case you <laughs> don't want to edit that out later, you can leave it. It's all good. I don't care. I'm totally, I'm going to call the man Socrates for okay. the rest of his life. All right. The Socratic method, but the man's name is Socrates. What, what is the name that uh, is mentioned for the Boston puzzle? Uh, Thuggadiddies? Yes. So this is Socrates. <laughs> Great. Socrates. So... So what they did with this was everybody was kind of at a loss. Brian and Andy were thinking this was in Philadelphia because of the Liberty Bell or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then somebody on Quest for Treasure uh, Googled the names Socrates Pindarnapelles. Oh, wow. And it just so happened that like a couple of months before, uh, the Cleveland Cultural Gardens had put all the information about this park on the Internet. And they found literally the names. Once they saw the, once they saw the names in the Google search, they saw the uh, the uh, planner box. They saw the columns and the pictures on the website. They knew it was there. They just had it straight there. Um, they dug. They followed the verse. They went. You know, they they went to the back of the planner box. They counted the ninth row from the top. They they went up seven steps. They they counted everything right, and they were in the wrong spot. My personal opinion is they ignored a very specific part of this verse. The last part, seek the columns for the search. If you go back to the columns, if you if you if you push, position yourself at the angle of this image, stand between the two columns, then start counting. You end up at the exact spot you need to dig okay. behind the wall. Okay, so they kind of they they either ignored it or missed missed it a little bit or they, missed it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a little confusing. It's a little, it's a little confusing, uh, which, uh, I think all, all of the, you know, the fence and fixture is also a little weird and confusing and, and a tough kind of final step to follow. Right. So even, even that, you know, even in that one, it was kind of the same thing. There's a little bit of luck interpretation, um, you know, and then they all gave up. Yeah, there, there might be a little twist in each of these little endings. Not not maybe not a twist, but a, a way of interpreting the exact instructions that we haven't quite figured out. Because even knowing the answer for Chicago, we can't tell you where you're supposed to dig. We just can't do it. Nobody knows. And throughout the years, uh, Rob has given different spots. Like in 1982 in the, or 1983, whenever the interview was on the news, they said they were digging next to the wall. Uh, with the Renner interview, they said they were digging over by the trees. And with the Expedition Unknown interview, they were in another place. And with another interview, they were they don't even remember where they were digging. And we can't figure it out with a verse. So there's probably a little thing at the end that we just can't, we haven't figured out yet. Yeah. And um, uh, before we get the emails and the letters and the phone calls, we know it's Thucydides and we know it's Socrates. Um, it, it's jokes and we have fun with so the jokes. Great. So let us have fun. Um, the... Uh, Going back to um, wanting to separate, make sure you know the the theme of, of this podcast is we want to make sure that we're talking about facts, what we know to be true. Um, so, like George was saying, it's kind of a theory. We're not one hundred percent certain about how 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 do you make sure you're you're reading it backwards uh, and counting backwards to get to the spot. We don't know for sure. Um, in my opinion, the line that George is talking about with the seek the columns for your search is similar to the theory behind Roanoke, where it says uh, uh, the land beside the window. I think it's telling you this image goes with this verse. Seek the columns for your search. Look for the image with the columns. That's going to be the image that pairs with this verse. That's just my theory. Again, not fact. Um, we want to discuss facts. So that's just, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I have no idea what gets you to count backwards in that. 
whatsoever. You raise a good point though, Bradley. That's not really. It's it's hard. tricky. It's it's yeah. it's really stretchy. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, and we're looking for things like okay, but is that did they use did they use that for the fines? Did they use the the verse image? Well, I mean, connection? fence and fixture they used. Yeah. Um, did they? Do we know that? Yeah, the fence post. I mean, yeah. we, know, we know the fence post lines up with it, but did they use the fence post in the image and match it with the fence post in person? Because I don't remember yeah. that ever coming up in conversation. Yeah, because it, it was the weird one with the halo. Like, they knew immediately that all was what the, it was. They, did, the, they the didn't... fixtures on that fence had a halo. They yeah, but, that one. but but they didn't know what that shape was until they got to the uh, park and they were like, oh, that's that okay. fence post. And gotcha. in that thing that I read, in that email that I read last time, he, he brings that up. Oh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Eric, right. Um, so, so but no, in, in Boston, in Boston, they didn't know about the home plate. They, they didn't know the home plate was in the image until Palancar told them like that was a big, huge surprise. So they didn't use that. Um, they used the columns in the planner in, in Cleveland though. I mean, that was how they found the site. The home plate Boston was talked about by a, a large amount of people before Palancar. It, confirmed it was, it. It was, but they didn't. The uh, what's his face, Jason? He didn't use it. Oh, gotcha. Or at least that's what you know. We're told behind the scenes, whatever. Well, like they did, they weren't aware until Palancar told them. So of all the finders so far, Crewpat has been um, very close to the vest with everything. Um, he he's done the show with EU, um, and I think he's done like a few side touring. Um, interviews with josh with a couple of media outlets but nothing um really in depth um so i'd love to pick jason's brain at some point if he's ever available jason if you listen to our podcast um or if you're somebody listens to the podcast that knows jason let him know you know we're, we're the community is super interested in just having opportunity for him to tell his story and uh to get to the details that maybe they didn't have time to do on the show yeah i don't know any any of you guys ever talked to Jason before? I haven't. I talked to I talked to him a couple. Like we sent maybe seven or eight messages back and forth, um, at, right after EU, and he said he would be super amped to do the podcast. But and I told him I was like, uh, the the little bit that we talked, I told him I was like, if you want to come on and you want to tell your story and we want to talk to you, we'll be sure to we won't we're not you know we're not going to hit you really hard. We're not going to make you look like. Um, no, you know, we're not going to make you look dumb. We have no interest. Um, in that. Like, yeah, but then uh, it just stopped. the The conversation mm-hmm. stopped. Um, I know EU was for, for back in the day was thinking about making more episodes, and I think he was involved in that. And I think there was a like an NDA. I don't know. That's just what I heard. You know, plus like it's not like people like coming on with us. I mean, like <laughs> we could barely get Cole in here. I mean, Cole was like. Mm, talk to my agent bitches it's just, and we're like just like no. the forest Fen thing when the forest Fen treasure was found people pounded that dude and they like they still don't really know anything about the salt but they pound that guy for being you know a liar or being fake or whatever and it was the same with Krupat. and you know i'm i'm guilty of it as well when when Krupat solve came out he just got pounded for being wrong because a lot of it was wrong um so I think that maybe a little bit it was he was worried about that. Like people are just going to hit him for being wrong. I, I didn't know. believe it. And I still am not convinced by it, but that doesn't mean like he's wrong. You know, like I, I have no idea. I just wasn't. I won't be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't, um, 
it wasn't that I, and we should start talking about Boston, by the way, if we're done with Cleveland, but um, it wasn't that I, that, uh, that I thought it was wrong. I just didn't, that, that solution to me would not get me kind of jumping out of my seat and digging at at a plate in in Pupalo, Pupalo Park. (laughs) I mean, it had some, it had some good. So here's, here's my takeaway from Chicago and Cleveland before we moved on to Boston. I can explain to you, like, it doesn't take an entire episode of the podcast to explain Chicago's solve to you, right? We can do it in five minutes. You know, this was this, and this was this, and this was this, and you dig here. Uh, same with Cleveland. This was this, and this was this, and this was this, and you dig here. Just follow the verse. You know, you don't have to know the history of Socrates, Socrates. You don't have to know the history of Pindar. You don't have to know the history of Apelles. You know, a rectangular plot is not some, you know, uh, strange coded reference to Peru or whatever. Um, fence and fixture just mean fence and fixture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's very cut and dry. It's yeah. very do this, do that. Yeah. It's 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 vague and it's hard because it only applies to one place. Anywhere else, it, it doesn't make sense. Just in that one place. You kind of need to sense. be there to really make sense of it. Exactly. Right? Like you guys were saying before, it's a lot easier and a lot more effective to be a native of that of that place because yep. you're gonna recognize things and you're gonna be on site. Um I mean, even even with Cleveland, right? Knowing the solution for Cleveland, if you were just using Google Maps, you couldn't solve it. You know? If you were just using Google Maps, it would be difficult to find Actually, all of the pieces of this painting. It would be difficult to find the, the wow, dig spot. That's an awesome point that I hadn't thought about. Right? Because are we at a disadvantage because we have access to so much information now? Oh, I think absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We totally sure. are complicating the heck out of this thing, right? And we're overthinking it and you know, we see a name and we go to Wikipedia and we're like, oh, he was the president of the Wheat Farmers Club in 1862. Yeah. It's got to be the wheat from that needs to be Thomas. And and Thomas was a type of map. And, you know, all, all these crazy things that we're doing to ourselves and we're just like, we're going further away from it when really, like you just said, it actually, you know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, and when you know the solution, but like, like it's pretty simple to explain. No, hindsight's nineteen eighty two. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's kind of like it was the verse is kind of like instructions once once you kind of yeah. get close to it, right? Once you find the right spot, just follow the instructions, and you'll have a cask. There really isn't, and and, and I'm telling you, that's why we're doing this episode. And but I, you know I what's it. a lot harder is following the instructions to find the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Following the instructions once you have the right spot, super easy. <laughs> Finding the right spot by using the instructions, not so easy. Reading That's the solution, seven. reading the solution is a lot easier than actually having to come up with it too. Well, yeah. I think I think let's take Roanoke for instance, right? Bradley, you and I have been to Roanoke, but we've also worked on the Roanoke puzzle having not been to Roanoke, right? Yes. Once you get to Roanoke and you start on the path of the of the puzzle, it takes you to a very specific spot. Absolutely. You know? And then finding a spot to dig in that very specific spot is difficult for two reasons. Number one, it's changed a lot since 1982. And number two, uh, there's a lot of police around. Um, so, but, but if you're not on site, like when you're trying to solve that from Google, it's hard because you can't, 
you can't see on the internet what you can see in real life. You can't follow it on the internet. You can't follow the verse on the internet the way you can follow it in real life. Right. And then that's one of the reasons why I like to do the, um, the 360 guides that I do. They look horrible and they're super cheesy. And I know my production value is zero, maybe a negative number. But whenever I go to these dig sites, um, I do those for you guys and post them online just so you can see what it's like to actually be there. Because uh, there's a world of difference. I've never watched one. Should I, should I watch one? They're fun. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody to actually watch them because like I said, they're terrible, but if you've never been to the place and you don't, and you want to go, that's going to be a really close opportunity to go, I guess. Your first one was what Cleveland, right? With your, with, with Laura. Yeah. That one was nice. Cause I had never been and you just sort of popped up. That was before we knew each other. You just sort of popped up on Facebook with this 3d walkthrough. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But then, Sir Nigel Diggums came out of here. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that guy. I think he's pretty cool. He's um, I, I follow. He has a split personality. I didn't know that. No, you. But, um, oh, I do. Yes. What's my other personality? Um, dad joke. What's that? Dad? What? Dad jokes? Yeah, dad, dad joke. joke. Yeah, dad joke teller. Yes, this is Either true. Sir Nigel Diggums or dad joke teller. Nothing in between, guys. Well, I don't know Sir Nigel, Nigel Diggums, but I have uh, I've seen his page, and he hasn't put a lot of content up recently. Um, I'll send him a message and tell him to try and put some up because uh, his, his stuff is quality. It's good stuff. He's a funny guy. <laughs> Maybe he found one and he's pulling a crew pet. Crow pet. <gasps> That's what he's doing. Maybe. Um, okay. Uh, so, anything else you guys want to talk about with Boston? Well, I mean, we yeah, haven't really touched on Boston. Boston. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland or Bo- I'm just I, because I'm ready to I'm ready to start building wrapping a framework. Up. Not even wrapping okay, up. Gotcha. Just start start talking before do, I forget. Do I we know. do we want to talk about what Jason Krupat uh, found said said the way Jason solved Boston, or do we want to talk about because since since EU we've gotten a lot of information. Uh, John Palancar's released a lot of stuff like. That we know a lot more about Boston now than Jason and EU knew about Boston. So how do we want to talk about Boston? You want to talk about it in, in, from Jason's perspective or from what we know now? The only thing, that, real, real quick, before we, before we start going on some path, the only thing we know that Jason did was pick up the phone or go to a construction site and tell people like, hey, be on the look. That's the facts, Right. Yeah, that's all true. of the rest of the stuff that was in the episode and that he talked about, like, we can't confirm it. And we're only and we're only talking about the facts right now. That's- and to be super fair to other hunters, everything that Jason said on that episode was online way before that episode. It's there was yeah. like there was there were, there were three at least that we know of that we have uh, honest to God proof that they were there. Yes, we and we actually did a. Um a short uh, uh, interview. I don't know if we ended up posting that interview or if we just did it live, but we did an interview with um, with a gentleman who had that as his solve. Um, but in- We did two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two people. Michael yeah. and uh, H- H- HC. Uh, HC, yeah. Um, so in, I would say in the spirit of sticking to the facts, uh, 
not disparaging anybody's thoughts or theories. We should stick to just the facts and not bother going over what any individual thinks may have been mm-hmm. um, uh, the solutions to any to any of this, and just stick by what we know uh, from the from one of the puzzle creators. To be okay. fact. Okay, okay, so we know that it uh, says Boston in the image. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what? I'm not going to, I'm not, uh, I don't profess to be any kind of, um, you know, amazing treasure hunter or anything like that. But when I first got this book a few years ago and started and saw that image, because it's on the cover mostly, like the the thing on the dress, the S in the Boston or whatever, like yeah. how that could be anything except an S is, you know what I mean? Like to me, I, when he said that Boston was in the image, I was not surprised at all. Well, there's an obvious S. There's an obvious T. Maybe there's a kind of obvious A. There's and B. No, the B is not obvious at all. It's just not obvious That's at all. That's the arms around the globe. It's the globe. It's the globe. Well, there's the globe, and then there's the ring underneath it, and the ring around the globe. So there's, and then there's a, basically a straight line at the back, right? Did you say did you say an obvious A? No, N. You did say No, you said A. You totally said A. Oh, I meant N. I've had a, I've had some rum. Look, I've had some rum. Okay. For a second, I was like, I, I don't know how to spell Boston. It's, it's Boston. Boston. Yeah. And hey, just like Boston Paps. There you go. I love but, it. P A P S. Okay. So that's another thing we know. We know, we know that the sigil flags for uh, Ironsides are in the painting. Which, yes. eh, okay. We know that 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 bird is popping a bubble and that's supposed to be the Boston pops for some reason, okay, but the John. bird is not popping the bubble not really popping and the bubble guys. What the hell? All right. And then the Boston globe, the globe. Okay. So I understand the Boston globe, but the Boston pops is like, eh. okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I don't know how, um, how anybody was supposed to get that. That's uh, Hey man, they mentioned the Boston pops on jeopardy like a week and a half ago. And, and it blew me away. Cause that was the second time I'd ever heard those words. Boston Pops are ve- were very well known. It's not like they don't have a yeah. following, to, but to connect that imagery to the name Boston Pops, I would say is yeah. impossible. Mm-mm. No, you know the coolest the coolest thing I ever heard was some from some random girl that just sort of popped up, and I'm not sure if she's still around. Um, she once thought that the uh, and I think this was a JM thing too, was that the bubbles were um, portals that were supposed to link two parts of a like two parts of one clue together. And she thought that the the bubble next to the beak was supposed to link to the bubble next to the N and make beak N for Beacon Street. Yep, that I was the most creative thing ever. Yeah, good. That was the most creative thing I've heard. I mean, it's wrong, about the but I mean, it's yeah. good. It's very creative. It's, it's Boston Pops, moron. It's Boston Pop. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, so, so we know uh, that the hair is supposed to look like a, a baseball diamond. Yeah, we know that for a fact. And it doesn't. Okay. It's, it's a very, it's a very um, abstract it baseball diamond. It doesn't. Wait, the hair, the hair, the hair uh-huh. looks like the bottom of a broom. And a baseball diamond. It does not. According to John Jude Palancar, that looks like a baseball diamond. I don't know. It, maybe he's, maybe he, uh, maybe he thought we were talking about a different image. Or they were. We'll ask him. Image. Yeah, we'll just ask, we'll him. ask him. We're gonna we're gonna grill him on this. I can guarantee you, we're gonna grill him on this. If painting. we can ever be so lucky to get him on this thing, we're gonna we're gonna grill him on Boston. John, have you been to a baseball game? <laughs>
I would venture the answer is no. <laughs> I'll say this, man. If the rest of the clues and the rest of these paintings are anything like Boston Pops, I'm done. Oh, There's an, I can't do it. I can't so do it. Out, so out of this thing. I'm already done. I mean, and if, you know, and then you got to throw like a luck thing in the end where you throw a shovel or you, you know, at the last second you decide to dig on the other side of the planter box. That type of stuff. Okay. Okay. So, what else do we know is fact? I'm talking about the image. Uh, is there anything else in this image that we know for a fact or something? Brett just said something really good, though. Brett said something really good that I want to touch on. A lot of people out there have said things like, um, until a cask is out of the ground, all theories are valid because it's been 40 years and blah, 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 and you haven't found one. So, what makes your ideas better than whatever? It's a good point to make that the three that have been solved, nobody went. Nobody solved the verse, went right to the spot, dug a hole, and there was a cask. The guys from Chicago dug for weeks. They dug countless holes, and they couldn't find it. And then Byron sent them a picture of the exact place to dig, and they dug there, and they still couldn't, still find, couldn't it. find it. The guys from Cleveland were in a planter box that's like nine feet long and two foot wide, and they dug all day and found it by accident. And the guys in Boston needed to dig up an entire damn park and still don't know where it was. And they still couldn't. F- oh, wait. No, they found it. Well, they but, found yeah. it. They just don't even know where they found it specifically. They have no idea where. And that's the thing. That's why I'm saying, like, we can't go on fact that it was under home plate. I mean, okay, it probably was near or under home plate or something like that. But in- Well, JJP said it was near home plate. Yeah. Okay. It finally came out. All right. evidence points to about five feet from home plate. Fine. But. Let, yeah, five feet or less. It still took some crazy twist of fate and luck and yeah. perseverance and still it like, and like, did you really solve it? I mean, you brought a cask up out of the ground, but I mean, like, do we still know? I mean, we, we, there's still a debate about the end point of Cleveland. Although George, you made a good point. There's just an interpretation thing and, you know, depending on how you interpret it, but, um, and then Boston is way up in the air. Not only that, but in today's world, let's say Pupilo Park was not being uh, redone. How in the world do you just go and dig up a baseball field and not exactly run into issues? You don't. Yeah, you can't. Let me tell you, because I've done it before. (laughs) (laughs) So did I, but it was my job. (laughs) I was helping George on a job site. Um, So, yeah. Okay. So uh, what else, what else about Boston? What else do we want to get out there? Common denominator wise. So do we know for a fact in the image that that's supposed to be the North Star leading you to the North End? I know that's a theory, but do we know that for no. a fact? No. No. Could it symbolize North Side? Because wasn't it the North Side of Boston? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the North Star like trying to lead us to the North End. Um, it, do we even know that's the North Star? That's so that's, right. that's a theory, not a fact. Not a fact. It, it makes sense, but it's, it's a theory. Gotcha. So and as far as the image have- goes for Boston... Sorry, Bradley, to cut you off there before I lose my train of thought. Um, as far as the image goes for Boston, <clears throat> comparatively to the others that were solved, this one has very few, what I can tell, are real-world things in the image, right? Uh, as far as I know, the only thing in this image that's like a, you can go somewhere and actually see these things is the sail flags, right? Those are real-world things that are on the ship, right? Um, you could semantically say that the Boston Globe thing is sort of a real world thing no, in the image. Not, not at all. No, but that's more of a concept than it is a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but like where, where Chicago has the water tower and the fountain or like the, the ferry pouring the water out of the fountain thingy uh, 
and that sort of thing. And Cleveland has the wall and the and the columns and the fountain and all that stuff. You know, this one really only has those flags. Yeah, the flags and I guess the home, the home plate. And home plate. I guess the home plate and her yeah. hair. But he didn't. The thing is, though, is that he didn't go to that park. Like, we're not looking at the exact shape of the of the home plate that was on the ground no. in that park, as far as we know. Yeah. Right. It's a rep- yeah. loose representation of it. Right. I I argue about because some people said that 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 the line next to the plate is a foot sliding into home plate or whatever. And like. Right. Yeah. I think even despite Boston Pops, I think that's that's a little hokey for for John Palancar. Didn't John Palancar but, uh, say that's what I think John Palancar said that's what it was. Did he say that? Oh, yeah. OK. My uh, bad. John's a little hokey. It's just give him. This goes back to the have you been to a baseball game? Because if we were sliding into home plate, that leg would be on the other side. Right. You make you make that point about there being nothing sort of illustrative in the painting, unless you're digging at Charles Gate, and then there's a shitload of stuff in here that's exactly like stuff around Charles Gate, <laughs> which is very misleading. There's more in the verse here that's that's like kind of real world stuff than there is uh, in in the image, right? I mean, you have so we've got Thucky. Okay, well, yeah, well, with Thucydides and and Xenophon, um, you know, like that's. The literary reference is is turning the um, the real world into I don't know if metaphor is the word I should be using here, but like symbol. You know, there's I don't know what the green tower of lights was. Is that the lights in the ball diamond themselves? So we don't have a, a confirmation on that as fact, uh, but the theories that are out there are a the actual lights at the ball field. The um, the light poles were painted green. Um, and that was verified that they were green back in the 80s. Um, and then you also had the giant green bridge, lit up green bridge in the background. Um, and some people theorize that they may be it. Um, Which makes no sense. It doesn't make sense to me. I think it's the lights of the field, but we're going with facts, so we don't know. And then the rest really just kind of talks about the, um, like how to get there kind of thing. Like 18th day, 12th hour, that has to do with, um, what's his name's? Paul Revere, thank you. Uh, his drive or whatever. Damn Canadians, Paul Revere and his drive. <laughs> and then uh, the be free part. This is something that I've only discussed a couple times with a few people, but um, I always thought feel at home. Feel at home obviously connects to the home plate, but so does home free, right? Like you're home free. So in, in truth, be free is the same as like that also references the home plate, I think. Um, yeah, and Truth Be Free and Brush Music Hush. Um, we have theories about those both, but uh, it'd be nice to know what those are for sure. So anyway, okay. So what are what are what are the what are the similarities that you see in these three? Like right off the bat, uh, I, I know I talk a lot about like uh, Thucydides and Xenophon, the take What's five steps like? in the area of his direction, just trying to tell you take five steps in Boston in north in the north end. But I can't get over the fact that in all three of these verses, they include names that are carved in stone, or at least they include something. These these specifically include names. But if we branch out to other puzzles, they all seem to, a lot of them seem to include something that's carved in stone. And these three include names that are carved in stone somewhere in these cities. Uh, I mean, so Chicago and Cleveland, it's carved in stone much closer to the actual site. Um, and Thucydides and, and Xenophon, they're not common names, but in the context of the names that are carved in the Boston Library, of which there are thousands, they are common names. Like you would expect them to be there. Right. You would expect them to be there, but they're, they're, Thucydides is not north of Xenophon on the library facade. Uh, so it doesn't not make sense in that context. 
Right. Okay. But we won't know. And I don't think we'll ever know, honestly. Okay, uh, so hold on. Let's look at this verse for a second. And in the same way that we've been looking at the images, and, and again, looking only with facts, like we know that Boston was talking about Paul Revere. Uh, we know that they were talking about the um, the flags with the letters because he confirmed that. Right. And I think he also confirmed that the metal walls was, was the ball coliseum. Did he not? No. No, he, it was iron sides. Iron sides. Iron sides. That, that was not confirmed. George still thinks it's iron sides for some reason. I don't know why. It's not. It's the baseball field. Uh, but, you know, whatever George wants to think, I'll let him. Okay, so if I tell you, uh, you pass the with metal walls, Ironsides. Ironsides is in the image. JJP is telling you, has told you, like Byron was obsessed with Ironsides. I don't know why. It, it's not a fence. <laughs> a fence. A fence is not a wall. Like it's Ironside. Ironsides metal walls, but it, it it's not difficult. <laughs> so you're back to the stairs. Uh, was it Cops Hill? The, the stairs are behind you feel at home. You're staring at home plate. All the letters are here to see Ironside's sigil flags are right in front of you. Um, my, my theory. Huh? So, so, so JJP, so we're talking about facts. So I, I keep coming back to this. Um, so JJP did confirm that in the image you have the flags from Ironside's, but did he confirm that all letters are here to see is talking about those flags? Cause I don't remember that. Or does he know? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he said that all the letters are here to see was referring to Boston. I don't know. We need him to clarify that because I think at one point before that, he said that all you, all the letters are here to see were the sigil flags. So it's something that just need to be clarified. Either way, it doesn't matter. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I wanted to clarify something. Uh, Bradley, you might slide into that side of the plate if the catcher is blocking the other the the other side. You wouldn't slide. You'd like Brett play baseball. Him and <laughs> maybe even do one of those awesome moves where you jump over him. Those are awesome. But that's you might, what he's doing. You might come in, you might come in on that side of the bag if if he's blocking, you know, if the if the throw goes wide to the left. You know what? I think I'm wrong anyways. I think that home plate's upside down. So I think you would. Because doesn't it? No, it's not upside down. Is it the point no, towards it's, the... It's sideways. Towards, no, the point's towards the backstop. So, so the point is towards the catcher. Yeah. I haven't played baseball in years. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm right. Yeah, Yeah, because the, so, yeah, the foul lines come off from the outside to first and third. Yeah. Oh, you meant... I see what you meant. Okay, I see what you meant. You meant which which way is the be- actual base facing, like the point of it, right? Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm doing can, that right now. Let me Google. Let me Google that. No, no, it's it's correct. It's it's right. Yeah. So so the yeah so the the point is towards the catcher. So yeah. So that leg is on the wrong side. He's running away from home plate. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Secret Baseball. Five feet along down first base. George is smiling really big. I think I missed something. What did you say? I, it's just it's just the <laughs> thought of, of four just nerds who don't know what the hell they're talking about, talking about baseball of all things. Dude, sports ball is important. 
one one isn't even american he's just like yeah i know you hit the ball right and you run in a circle they don't have they don't have sports in canada they don't even have sports in canada you know first of all secondly if you're if you're just running from bears that does not count okay <laughs> they, have, uh, they have ice skating soccer, don't they? That's right. Uh, so let's talk about a, a common not factor that a lot of people for some reason still think is fact. Uh, that is not Columbus's face. A lot of people no. for some reason still think it is. JJP said it's not in right. a very gracious way. It is not Christopher Columbus. And Christopher Columbus is now gone. Um, so let's let that theory that, go Wait, on. what was the racist way he said it? He didn't say racist. I said gracious. Gracious. Oh, gracious. <laughs> he was like, fuck Damn. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> oh, We've had a few drinks. We've had a couple of drinks. Oh, dang. That's funny. You guys need to stop drinking. Um, no, oh, wait. Too. So do I. Okay. Uh, okay. Here's another thing that they didn't do is they did not zoom into some obscure portion of the image so close that it became this granular thing that they looked at and decided was some kind of face. You know what's weird about Chicago, Cleveland, and Boston, right? Piggybacking on that is as as shitty as we all know the images are in the reprint, you could solve each of those with the reprint images. Right. You could just... Everything you need to see there. I wonder, can you can you make out the zip code for Boston in the reprint? I don't know. I have one. That would be the only clue that I would curious that you can actually see. You mean the one twelve, right? Yeah, the zero two one one three. No, you cannot see it. Mm. Look, I'm going to show you. As best I can here. Oh yeah, you can. You can in mine. You can see one, one, two, two, two. I was very. Gabby was very gracious at the New Orleans meetup. I gave her a signed original copy of the Secret, and she gave me this reprint. Um, well, and, she won. She yeah, won she, that, didn't she? She did. She won it. But I just thought it was an odd <laughs> trade. <laughs> yeah, you can see it. You can see that. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. You can totally see it. Yeah. Do they have glasses in Canada? Oh, way over there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. No. I'm just retarded. <laughs> Their glasses are usually full of beer. Their glasses oh, right. are usually full of beer. So, just oh, right. in their own place. Yeah, all which is something was, Americans they did don't not do that. No, they did not uh, put the image into a computer and zoom in so close that they started seeing things. No microscopes or protractors required. No protractors. No, no microscopes. I will say um, this. Um, what what one thing that people are doing today that would have worked with the Cleveland solve is the overlay of a map of Ohio. Yeah, that would have made sense. It will. Yeah. It would have worked there. Um, and just because with these three, image manipulation isn't necessary and wouldn't necessarily help. We know from JJP's most recent interview on uh, Josh Gates tonight that there are methods that have not been used that are going to need to be used. Yeah. Um, and so some sort of image manipulation being a color filter or whatnot may come into play. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I really, what I've seen online, I've seen somebody taking the new Orleans image and breaking it up. Like it was a, 
um, like it was a, a like a combination lock and rotating the different sections. It was super creative. I don't think really anything came out of it, but it was very creative. Very, very. Okay, here's another thing that doesn't play into all of the solves as part of the framework of solving these baseball parks. Oh my God, everything's in a baseball park now. Can we, we agree on that? There is not, nobody needed baseball parks for Chicago or Cleveland. <laughs> no, just Boston. Just, just Boston. Boston. Okay. So that's a good one too, because, you know, uh, I think a lot of people came in after the Boston solve and decided I'm going to just stick with um, baseball themed clues and try to, and try to fit this in. And uh, the two previous didn't, didn't use that. So I'm just, I just. There's, Arguably there's, though, like Chicago had the, had the bulls logo or what a lot of people think is the bulls logo. So, so you could argue so, that maybe there's a sports connection of some kind to all I, of them, but. I, I, I'm going to liken that to the Boston pops thing. In that it's sort of a pop culture type thing, right? Like, uh, like you, if you if you knew, you know, it's a part of the the the, the culture of that city of that time, right? Um, well, you know, obviously, still are, but uh, specific to that city, it's supposed to point you to a city. I think one thing that the the ball field at least taught me is, and I think we brought this up in the the quiz section of the podcast a, a month ago. Um, we, we, people have always made assumptions about why Byron did this or what Byron wanted you to get out of this or who Byron made this treasure hunt for. And we've always made assumptions like he's not going to go into, uh, he's not going to destroy a ball field, you know, to bury a treasure, but he will. Yeah. Right. We've always thought like, these are going to be in places where it's not going to damage nature. You know, it's apparently not. It's going to be in the middle of a ball field. You know, it, it, that, that ball field broke a lot of assumptions that I had about number one, who Byron was, why he did this and where he would do it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Going along with the, with what you're talking about, Brett, I mean, a lot of people do have theories about a ball field with Roanoke Island, and I cannot say that they are completely wrong. There's some really, no, it's good. It sounds good. Yeah. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not, I'm, all I'm saying is that a ballpark Based on based on what we the facts and the data that we have in front of us that we've just put together is n it you can't say that it is a common theme. Are there other casks buried in ballparks? I mean, I hope not, but I mean, there might be. I I don't know. You know what I mean? So I'm just I'm just trying to put that together. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about commonalities. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's a commonality in that same yeah. in that same breath. Um, so. Cleveland and Chicago both were in a city park, right? So we have that. Now, we also have JJP as saying on Josh Gates tonight that these were being solved in the order in which they were not. So he said in that interview that they were, they were being solved in the order in which they were painted. But then he kind of reworded that in a more recent interview um it was a christmas special um and uh he said that not necessarily in the order that we painted them but in the order that we were putting them together um uh, the order they were intended yeah the order they were intended yeah so whatever that means um but if that's the case and we have 
fairies um what's what's the 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 line fairies treasures come in two or something that to that effect uh so we have the first two that were found in city parks and then the third one found in a baseball field if they're in pairs and the pairs are pair 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 possibly roanoke's in a baseball park and that's that's part of the pair okay so then like there has to be a different type of location for the the next two and the next two after that like we get to new york and it's buried in in walmart right exactly that's what i'm saying like how many different places could he one like two were in a restaurant i mean there could be like (laughs) you know there could be uh you know there could be common places it's possible just throwing it out there i don't disagree but we're going with framework here as much as I don't like to say it, him burying in a ball field takes away the idea that he wouldn't bury it in a national park. You know, right. as much as I hate to say, like, I don't think Byron would bury something at the fort in St. Augustine. He might. Mm-hmm. Who knows? He buried it in a ball field. He might bury it in a fort. He might not care. Okay. So. More commonalities. You ready? Yes. Buildings. Boston mm-hmm. didn't have any. Well, that we know of. That we know of. And that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going with this. So we know building in Chicago, building in Cleveland. And that's why I was asking about that before. There may be a, a building in, in Boston that's in there and that we still need to find. And if we find that, that would be kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Because then that might be part of the framework that you need to, for as a city um, identifier. I like the fact that that there, that there was a building in each of the first two. I think that that's important um, and was important to the find. So let's add that to our list of questions um, that we may possibly find out from John. Is that, uh, is that a building that he's aware of? Um, and if so, what building there's been a, a good, a few proposed matches. Um, speaking of John's, I'm going to go use the John. I'll be right back. Should we keep going? Sure, why not? What do you want to talk about? Let's recap real quick. I got buildings in Cleveland and Chicago, not so much in Boston that we can confirm. Uh, Names carved in stone we have in Cleveland and Chicago. Uh, Again, I don't know about Boston. Possibly. Um, Latitude, longitude? Yes, Latin long is in at least two of them, right? Right. We don't have confirmation on Boston. We don't have, but we have it in Chicago and Cleveland. So now we're starting to... These are, this is a framework, right? Now, now we're not playing tic-tac-toe and it's I mean, a puzzle. I mean, look, we know this is Boston. Boston's latitude and longitude is what, 4271. There's a 42 in the image. It, you know, it's, pre- it's pretty, it's pretty, it's yeah, pretty Yeah. Yeah. I, I like you know, it. For those who aren't aware that are listening to the podcast, because I know there's a lot of new members um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, when, when the first two were found, Cleveland and Chicago, uh, Byron Price was around um, to be able to have that conversation with. Um, and he obviously was the master of the entire puzzle, but he also did the verses. Um, and he did not get much, if any, help that we know of from anybody on the verses. Uh, so as far as things that are in the verse, we, we're going to have a lot of trouble knowing whether or not it's fact. Um, but, uh, you know, luckily we still have John JJP around. Uh, to help us uh, confirm what's in these images. Well, and we also have the finders. Yeah, but they can't verify the facts. They can just say what, what 
how they got to where they got. That's what I was talking about earlier, like a month ago, when I said that, you know, there's a fine line between how they solved it and how you actually solve it, right? Like, right. you can, like, if you think about it in terms of video games, for instance, uh, Simon's Quest on my hoodie, right? There's many different ways you can finish that game. Uh, Chrono Trigger, one of the greatest video games ever created. It has 14 different endings on it, right? So the way that the, that the game creators intended you to do it is going to be different than the way that you actually end up doing it at least once. I think a better um, analogy as far as video games go is like Mass Effect, right? There's a million different ways you can play the game, but no matter what, you're going to get the same ending. Uh, well, the point I want to make is every single team that solved these has had something that's been confirmed to be wrong right? Chicago guys thought M and B was man and beast. They thought that was the Bowman statue. Um, the Cleveland guys counted everything wrong. You know, they were, they ended up on the wrong place, the wrong place for some reason, Boston, probably like 50% of what Jason said was wrong, but they all ended up with the cask. So just because they ended up with the cast doesn't necessarily mean every step that they took was correct. So what we're trying to do is find the correct steps. And why is that? It is because there was a stroke of luck involved in all of them, in all of them. And in Boston, most prominently, I mean, you know, so it's a fact that a stroke of luck will help you find these casks. It's a fact that you're going to need some luck. And uh, I I don't, I don't remember that. I think we asked that as a trivia question, whether um, Byron thought luck was going to be involved. And I, and I think he said, no. I don't remember that. Doesn't even say that um, if you're lucky and if you're kind and if um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Possibly. It was in one of the, I think the first time that I did a, did he, did he say it or did he not say it that 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 was in there? But the the point is, is that you're also going to need some luck. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, is, is perseverance luck. I don't know. I don't know. Jason showed some damn perseverance. I will, I will say that. I think he showed more luck than perseverance. Like he, he made the phone calls. Sure. But he like, I really think what Jason did was he found a place in Boston where he could look at some water with his back to some stairs and was like, Holy shit. There's home plate. Let's dig there. That's what I think he did. And then he walked his, he walked his verse backwards. He was like, well, maybe this is this and maybe this is this, whatever will get me back to the spot. And mm-hmm. there's there's no discounting his perseverance. Um, several people, not several, but multiple people came to that conclusion, and multiple people spoke to that construction company. Um, yeah. From what I understand, Jason is the only person that went above the heads of the on-site people and spoke to the management of the construction company and made a connection there, which I think would ultimately um, solidified him being the contact when something was located. Yeah, correct. I'm not saying, uh, listeners, I'm not saying to harass the uh, top level employees at national parks or anywhere else. It's not going to get you anywhere. Um, yes, it got Jason somewhere, but that's um, that was a pure stroke of luck back to the whole luck thing. What Bradley's trying to tell you is when you want to dig a hole, what you need to do is call Donald Trump, get permission. Just go. bug him a little. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You only have about 35 um, more days to do that. Yes. Oh, I'm not going down this hole. Fake news call. So <laughs> let's 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 put a wrap on this, and then I want to talk about the exciting news that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, 
uh, for our community, for our hunt, for us. It's kind of fun. Um, so now we have commonalities, common denominators, and sort of a framework. I wouldn't say it's like instructions, but at least some things to start thinking about. So if you're just approaching this puzzle, or even if you're somebody like me, I learned a lot, right? Because I didn't know all the nuances of these solves. Now you've got a now you've got a somewhat of a framework to approach these puzzles with. Like instead of looking at super zoomed in images for faces and things like that, now let's look for buildings. Let's look for latitude and longitude. Let's look for city and state indicators. Um, you know, let's look for a thing in the verse that ties to the image, right? One thing in the verse like we were talking about before and, and, uh, and, and, and start there. These are things that will tell you whether or not you have a viable solve. Um, th these are the things that demolish the argument that you don't have a cask. So all theories are valuable. If it doesn't, if it doesn't match up with what we know are true, then no, you're losing value. It's not as valuable. And one thing we didn't touch on about Boston is that Boston and again, we don't know this for fact because Byron's not around to tell us, but we're pretty sure Italian Finway, the anagram, uh, Boston starts us with the word puzzles. Um, and you have an anagram for Italian Finway in there. Um, so anagrams are fair game as far as I'm concerned. I can't tell you it's a fact. We don't have Byron to tell us that, but. I don't see why he wouldn't do that. Way too um, coincidental. It's in a book, right? If this was a, if this was a video um like not a con conventional video game, video game, but if this was on like a movie type thing, you there you would have to do that different ways, right? But because it's in a book, all you get is words and pictures, right? So you have to use that to your advantage as a puzzle maker, right? That's right, that's right. So anyway, I and, and look, I don't like I, I don't want. For people to think that we're coming off as pontificating like we know anything. None of us has found anything. You know, we're just students of the game, you know, at this point. And and we're just people that want to solve these and are trying to, but are trying to put some logic to it and trying to trying to figure out like where like where should I start? So Brett, some really exciting news recently took place in the treasure hunting community. Wanna fill us in? Some guy. Uh, who sounds super awesome. His name is David Steele. And David, if you're listening, we'd love to talk to you. We don't know how to get in touch with you, but he created a hunt uh, called the Great U.S. Treasure Hunt. Have you guys heard of this thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, people are all across the country are searching for, uh, they're trying to solve clues that will lead to four hidden items, uh, Find the finding of which will glean ten thousand dollars per per uh item which is actually a pretty nice little haul i would mm -hmm. say oh, absolutely david is inspired by the secret it says in the article that that david um has been in love with treasure hunts uh ever since 1982 when a book titled the secret was published uh what's really exciting about david is that he was inspired um, when he first got a copy of The Secret in 1982. And um, so what he did is he hit at some point, uh, he was in Vegas looking for uh, what, what he thought was a cask hidden in Vegas. 
and he hid a, a letter Z. I don't know why he did this, and I'd love to ask him, under a park bench. And uh, it was never found. Uh, and then so it kind of inspired him to create this uh, treasure hunt that that he's created and um, uh, added that uh, that Z into the treasure hunt. And uh, one of our um, somebody from our community found it and won ten thousand dollars. And it, and I think it's somebody that you guys know pretty well. And it's and it's somebody pretty, pretty well loved uh, by the uh, community. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pumped. Um, and you guys can, can tell a little bit more about, about Beth, uh, who found that, but, uh, it, what was, uh, great was they linked, uh, George's 12 treasures.com site in the article and it drove traffic, uh, to, it brought our server down and, yeah. uh, which is hilarious. So, uh, I thought that was pretty cool that they, that they made that connection, found our site, um, and, uh, or found George's site and, uh, and, and, and basically brought, brought the secret and the site and Beth into a totally separate treasure hunt. It's kind of, it's, it's a really cool story and kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, was interesting and, and kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely. Beth is, um, for those of you that don't know Beth, Beth is amazing. She's super sweet, super kind, super generous, super talented. Um, she is a treasure hunter. She's an artist. Um, she has put together her own puzzles. Um, and one place that you can go to to find information about other non-The Secret puzzles is um, Mysterious Writings. Um, that's run by somebody named Ginny. Um, and she is, she's great. Um, she hosted Beth's hunts. Um, Beth's most recent hunt was called the secret, a red herring. And it was, uh, 12 paintings and 12 verses. Um, but only 10 of those actually led, uh, to a treasure. Um, and once you found the treasure, you got, um, a gem as well as a painting. Um, the painting that was uh, published, she actually mailed you the image. Um, and what you found, uh, for the proxy to, to locate was a painted stone, um, which was also painted by Beth. Um, and let me tell you guys, um, they, they were beautifully done. Um, I was lucky enough to work with a team. Um, uh, my wife and I, uh, worked with, um, a gentleman named Chris, um, which a lot of you are probably familiar with. And then, um, Miss Nadine and Kim, who are an amazing couple um, in Ohio, and they uh, are on the community as well. So you probably know them. Super, super intelligent individuals. I was, we were very lucky to work with them. Um, but we found um, three, we, we solved five of the 10, um, but got to three of the 10 before other people did. Um, so uh, they, were, they were exceptional. The gifts were exceptional. And this all came out of best pocket. So her finding this $10,000 prize could not not have gone to a better person. Um, yeah. She was so deserving. I'm so glad she got that. We're going to get some more cool hunts out of Beth, I bet. That's going to that's gonna fund something. She's going to do a, a, a new hunt, I bet. I have no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, I uh, was telling you guys earlier that I bought her um, book or bought, bought the puzzle at one point or subscribe to yeah. it or something like that. And it was solved before I even 
received it. So I, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next one because I want to I want to give it a shot. And then uh, rumor has it that Cole has his own treasure hunt upcoming. Is this correct? That is correct. Yes, I'll be uh, making it public here in a couple of days. I had a little bit of a setback. It was actually supposed to come out last week. Uh, and I too, I guess, am, am sort of inspired by by the secret, of course. But I've always like, I've always kind of liked this sort of thing. So um, it was sort of just a natural. It's 2020, and I'm bored out of my skull. So it was something that I needed to do. Uh, and of course, the secret community is a great place to release that. So it'll be with uh, um, with George's blessing, of course. I'll be posting that there in the next couple couple of days. Is there a cipher involved? There might be. It's a coded image. Um, the uh, and that's all I'm going to tell you. There is a real prize. Yes, uh, it does require a little bit of digging, so your hands will get dirty. You can dig with your hands. You don't need a shovel. All right, we're getting some info here. It's not deep. Is a coal in your stocking? That's what uh, I need to know. Yeah, I can't tell you any of that. Oh, it, it might even require a plane ticket. Is it in Tahiti? Because if it's in Tahiti, I'm totally going. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was pretty cool uh, about Beth, about this this other treasure hunt, and then about uh, Cole's hunt. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping some people got some information out of this uh, podcast. It would be it'd be cool if people um, could help somebody. You know what's odd? Everybody's making treasure hunts. What we haven't made one. Why why haven't we made a treasure hunt? I'm only good at. Well, I'm not even good at solving them. Uh, I, dude, we should make one. I got a big bag of gems. Let's make a treasure hunt. Let's do it. I've got some uh, gems I can throw in. Rachel has this thing where she like buys gems, and I've got cut gems. Like I've got a bag, like a sack full. Can you say the reason why you have the gems? She just buys them. We we were gonna give them away uh, for a long time. Um, we we were just gonna give them away. So we have gems. We got a we got a shitload of gems. We got like a shitload. We have a prize, okay, and we have a name, and we're gonna, you know, what we're gonna call it is uh, the Greater U.S. The greater U.S. Treasure, treasure Hunt. Okay. <laughs> the other one was pretty good, but obviously solvable. So, but Brett, could you yeah. could you imagine the chaos we could cause if we just released a Vegas note? If we just was like, here is one sheet of paper. I love. If you can figure this out, you can have. Oh, a sack full of gems. Vegas notes are, I don't even know if you guys know what we're talking about, but like, nobody knows. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a crazy note. So, um, like, uh, imagine finding a cocktail napkin as mm -hmm. you're, uh, while you're gambling, uh, in, in Vegas on a, on like a slot machine and you happen, you happen up to the slot machine, you put, you go to put your beer down and you see this cocktail napkin and it's got all this crazy stuff written on it. Like mm -hmm. that's my dream. And it, and like you, you look at it, you pour over it for months, you solve it. It leads you to some mystery. It leads to some treasure hunt. And suddenly you like, you find a hundred thousand dollar bunch of like gold doubloons or something like that is my fantasy. Like if there were a cipher in it, I mean, I would be, I would be so thrilled. I, I we call this Crazy Vegas notes is what we call those. Crazy Vegas notes. See, yeah. I always imagine it to be like, there's a homeless guy, right? And you go up and you like drop some change in the can and then he like hand you a piece of paper and then 
it it goes from there as well. That would be a that would be good. Yeah, I I have I have harbored for my many years on this planet a fantasy that I will somehow step into something. And, and the secret is a little bit like that. The, the, the way that me and George met uh, eventually, not right away, but eventually was um, this thing called Austin Cypher on Reddit. And if you ever, if you're a Reddit fan, or if you ever go in there, uh, search in there for Austin Cypher and follow the, the incredible story uh, that, that, that happened. We, um, somebody, somebody posted in, so the, the, uh, sub that I like in there is called unresolved mysteries. And somebody, um, put up a picture of a cipher that they found in Austin, Texas, um, that it was like taped to a pole or something like that. And, um, like under a bridge, I think under a bridge or something. And they said, Hey guys, this is super weird. I found, I found this thing. And, um, I got, and, and I was new to Reddit. Um, and I was on unresolved mysteries all the time, but then I got completely overwhelmed and into what was going on. And it was taking you every week or, you know, three or four days, another cipher was being posted in Austin and, um, it, but it was puzzles and ciphers and like, um, hieroglyphics and, you know, images that you had to de- decipher the conspiracy theory out of and stuff like that. And it totally, like, I, I, I wasn't doing it in person. I was doing it online, but like it, um, it ended up in this, us making our own sub, bringing the cipher over into that sub and like, oh, a ton of people like trying to solve things all at the same time and figure out what this thing was up to. And that's eventually where I met, um, the guy who introduced me to, uh, to, to George, uh, the, the guy that who will remain nameless. But, um, if you, if you ever get a chance, go it, it's, and you like stuff like this rabbit holes and fascinating. Guys, I'm excited. We should do something. Definitely. Well, we, uh, and we did for a little bit. Yeah, we've done a couple of little things. Not in a while. The was it Journey? We did Journey. We did Journey. Yep, I remember that. Which, yeah, we tried Legacy, but I screwed that up. <laughs> I remember when I made it way more complicated than it needed to be. I don't know. Journey was pretty complicated. Well, you guys, um, at one point, so this is before I knew Brett or George, um, and it was in the beginnings of the Facebook group, and um, there was a, a part where it was as simple as you had to click on a hidden link at the bottom of the 12 treasures website or something like that. And instead of just clicking on the link, I pulled up 12 treasures.com, pulled up the source code and went through it line by line to find the link that way. <laughs> wow. And that's how I found the link. <laughs> I remember one that took people forever. It was like, you would go to a page on a website and I forget which website it was, but the text of the page would be like, look up. And the address bar, the address was like, change this to next and hit enter. Yeah. And it would take you to the next page. And it took people days. Everybody was like, what does a look up mean? Right.
I have a secret book that I read. It's part of something that I need. If I want to solve a puzzle, then it's really fun. I don't like to do it unless I get it done. Wow, that's good shit. Good job, Brett. Hey, somebody get this man a star. Are you ready for the second verse of it? Yes, yes, I'm yeah. really ready now. Somebody hid a box in a place that's not super known. You could dig it up if you, but you might find a bone. If there's something in the place where you think it is, then hurrah, you should go take a whiz. It's the secret thing that I like. That's why I do it. It's not like riding a bike. I just did take a whiz. Good job, I think both of you. I think we found our new intro music. <laughs> Okay, you guys ready for verse number three? Yes. yes. Oh, geez. Okay, this is where it gets really, really hot. This is where it, it rocks. There's a man named Byron that does things cool. He hides things in places. He might hide it in a pool. If you go there and you try to find it, then yes, you'll get it. Just go do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best ever. <laughs> well, all right. That's awesome. Uh, oh, man. That's going to show up on my Spotify wraps <laughs> in a year. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that rivals uh, George's uh, philosophy. <laughs> Astronomy, uh, philosophy, pornography. <laughs> I'm a hip hop <laughs> My lyrics are bottomless. <laughs> Something on you is bottomless. <laughs> wow, that's aggressive. 